1: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
2: This is Recode Media with Peter Kafka. That is me, live on digital tape from New Jersey this week Two very, 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 very special guests we've been trying to get, we've just figured out for literally two years. They're here. They are comedians, they're podcasters, they're internet celebrities, they're TV stars, they're not published authors. Welcome, Jesus and Mero. Ooh, You're you know, so advised, so PX and Ability, man, you, know, you right. know
3: that you don't say no face <laughs> Uh. Uh-uh. So in that long
2: list of uh, superlatives I just read off, what are you most proud of right now? TV show, right book?
3: The book. Book. The book because yeah, having a book now big. you can turn your nose up on other people like other people have tv shows other people have podcasts other people you know but you're having a book now you're in like the creme de la creme now you're in like the fraser crane of hip-hop and stuff so now you look at other people like you unwashed masses you know no culture talk to us like our homies now used to be like jimmy fallon jimmy kimmel now our homies are richard wright uh, William Shakespeare, Jane Austen, you know what I'm saying? We out here, literary gang, shout out to the library, ah, ah, ah shout out to painters and Fortitude. You know the vibes. None of those authors, by the way, have written in all
2: caps, like Merrow does. No, none of them have.
4: And, yeah, no, it's definitely, the book is the most exciting thing, because it's like the most exciting thing right now. Like, it's happening right now.
2: So but this will like, come out like, in
4: August. You could buy the book in September. It's called? God-Level Knowledge Darts, Life Lessons from the book. Bronx.
3: That's right, and we also okay. want shout out to everyone. If you go to like we have, we're doing a uh, virtual, virtual book tour, tour for right now, which is wild. Like, cause a shout out to shout out to Corona ruined everyone's summer. Corona's the biggest hater out there, but we figured out how to still do the tour. We had the first show last week. We had no idea what we were gonna do. Came out wild. It was wild. Fun. Everyone it's enjoyed amazing. it. So come, we have more coming up, and we have no idea what's going to be in the next one. So come up, we might do a blood sacrifice. You know, I, much,
4: I might be nude.
3: How
2: is a, a virtual book tour different than a podcast or a TV show? It seems like. I'm guessing it's the same thing.
4: It's kind of the same thing, but there's like there's added elements to it. And there's, it's way more interactive. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, like you could be sitting in a podcast, and it's kind of the same, but it's not. Because we're way more active, I feel like. I know I get up a lot. Like I move around a lot. Like I feel like I'm cuz we're so used to doing this stage show like on stage, like actual stages is not Rona stage, you know, mm-hmm. digitally. So like I'm I have this weird like uh desire to get up and move around. Like if we're doing a live show, I want to I want you to feel like you're in a live show. So like there's more movement, there's more audience interaction, there's a lot of there's a lot of cool stuff that we didn't even think about going in. I'm doing my standard bad
2: podcast host job of, of introducing you guys and explaining who you are, and we'll get to that in a second. But <laughs> can you imagine that there's anyone who doesn't know who you are, who's going to pick the book up, who's going to go, this is for me, and not know who you are and what your story is, or is this from you for your fans?
3: Absolutely. People are, especially in this pandemic, we're getting, especially we did a meet and greet for the last show, and we met people who were just like, oh, before corona, we had no idea who you were. And then one day we happened on your show, and now we had to go back and watch your show on former networks. And we're not going to give a shout out here. No free promo. But, you know, they had to go back and they, they re-experienced the whole Bodega Hive experience. So there's always a chance that you'll get a new fan from the book tour or whatever. And it also reminds of when we performed in, shout uh, to Montreal, back way back in the, um, I want to say like 50 years ago when Americans were allowed to leave America. We performed at Just for Laughs. And there were people, because it was a comedy festival, it was a la carte. So you could go to any show you wanted, not necessarily the show that you had to that you signed up for. And I remember being on stage, and you could see people in the audience who had no idea what our show was. Yeah. And then you know, once we start letting the curses fly, and you know, a couple of n words, and you know, like talk about eating ass, <laughs> Nobody like woke this up. lovely, this lovely Canadian couple, they're just looking like, oh my god, oh, what's this about? But they stayed, and they <laughs> they you know they hit us up later, and it was like, no, we fuck with the brand. So it's it's accessible on any level. If you've never heard of us. Just that hour of the virtual tour will explain everything you need to know. And then even the book is pretty self-explanatory. I feel like the book is like, you'll read the book and you'll be like, okay, now I want to go to the virtual book tour. Now I want to listen to the podcast. So it's like, you know, it's like a multi-level marketing scheme. You're going to try to avoid it, but we're going to be on your timeline and your aunt's going to be sending us money and there's nothing you can do about it. (laughs) You can't win it. So
2: and post. by the way, I'm not kidding about the all caps Maros thing, as he does, he does he used to do blog posts in all caps. That's right. Uh, and so the, your half of the book is in all caps. Yeah, and I right. got to say, you, you joke about it in the book about, you know, don't complain about your eye strain. But if you are trying to read this thing on an iPhone, they on have a terrible iPhone? app. <laughs> when, when, they, when, they, when they give you a book before it's published, they put it on a terrible thing called NetGalley. It's like the worst PDF reader you've ever seen. Oh, no. And so all caps on NetGalley it was work, but I, I put in some but work. But you did the work, though. See, that's what I, it's I all about. I put in that's, some work. Some, I have more questions for you in a bit. It's about, about the, the
4: journey. Book. You know what I mean? That's what it is. It's like, yo, do you, really, like, do you really want this? Like, if you really want it, you'll do it. You know what I mean? It's like that 15th push-up. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're like, oh, am I going to do it or am I going to quit at 13? You know what I mean? And you're like, fuck it, 14, 15. And then you hold 15, and then you just drop exhausted. That's what it's like reading my shit. I was uh, going to say, it's,
2: and I mean this with, with the highest compliment, it's an excellent bathroom book.
4: Oh, yo, it's, I, I say that all the time. It's the perfect—like, you can sit down, take a dump, read, like, 20 pages, put it down, pick it back up. Like, it's no—like, it's the perfect—it's literally the perfect book ever. Yeah,
2: whatever your sp- your reading speed and your process is, you can, you can figure out your own time.
3: It's the perfect bathroom book, but the problem is if you see it in someone's bathroom, you know between every page is fecal matter because <laughs> it's the perfect bathroom book. So you're in there and you just, you know, you got your legs akimbo. You're doing a wild dump after some Chipotle. You just turn to the passages. Yeah. And now each page is basically like a bookmark of whatever dump you last took. So all I'm saying is if you go in someone else's bathroom before you read it, just give it a shake out. You know, get those bacon bits out of there. Don't, you know don't you know what I'm saying? Don't treat it like a Caesar salad.
4: Or, or add your own. It's like the sisterhood of the traveling pants. You know what I'm saying? You can add your own little dookie thumbprint onto the book. You know what I, I mean?
3: I watched your David Letterman
2: interview. You guys did none of this with him. I, think, uh, I, mean, well,
3: I mean, like, you know. I mean, that's David. We were trying to get David shit. Letterman to adopt us. Like, yeah, what do you, I mean? do you want? I'm like, like I do go, to, you I you want to live do in the blind beard. side, too. I was like, yo, you're rich. Take us out the hood. He was like, <laughs> you are grown men. I was like, not to you. Like, come yep. on. It was I was great. like, you've seen different strokes. Like, let's, re, he, let's redo this. He, come showed on, Mr. Up, Drummond.
2: he showed up for that interview with one clear idea, which was he wanted you to talk about leaving Vice and going to Showtime. And he kept bringing it up. And he kept bringing it up. And I loved it. A you did too, not want to have that
3: conversation. I'm going to be fair. That is what everybody that comes on our show wants to talk about. Like, literally, we had Joe Biden on. He was like, what's up with those bitch niggas at Vice? And I was like, Joe, relax. Whoa, whoa, Joe, Like, chill. whoa, you can't talk Yo, you like violent, that. bro. That is, you're like, violent. come on. You're doing a lot. You're doing a lot, Joe. Like, <laughs> By the right way, though? David Letterman has the official,
4: like, talk about getting adopted. He has the official, like, I am, I, I fuck you money, white guy beard. Like Rick Rubin has it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's once you get to a certain level of money as a white guy, you are allowed to grow that beard. Peter, I, I see that for you in the future. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I need that. Yeah. In I order see your to beard have the hom- your belly button, bro, you just like sitting like at Christmas In order apple to have sauce, the
2: homeless level beard, you need, you need mega millionaire like, money.
4: Like, anti homeless level money. Yeah. Like, yeah, I understand that. Level. that. I have been, been, been. I've
2: been in a couple airports before. I've seen some LA people rocking out those beards.
4: LA is wild. LA is like LA is ill because LAX is like you know a free Airbnb. You know what I'm saying? If you feel like
2: it. Well, but you also have actual legit. Uh, who's Christy Turlington's husband? What's his name?
4: Billy Mr. Whatever. Turlington. Whatever then.
2: Whatever the the guy the guy who used to make uh, Ken uh, whatever. Like he used to make indie movies in New York. Then he married Christy Turlington. Oh, Mister 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 A24. Ed Burns, Ed Burns. Ed, Ed Burns, Burns. there you Ed go, Ed Burns. Good yeah. answer, good answer. And I, I answer. saw, I, I was waiting in a JetBlue line and there was this guy in a cast and the bad beard and the hat. And I was like, huh, I guess you can, anyone can fly JetBlue. And then he, I listened to him talking because it <laughs> was Ed Burns talking about his movie.
3: Okay, you know what's funny? The, you mentioned in that, just reminded me, like, if all four of us were on a family feud team, Steve Harvey would cook the shit out of us. Just saying that right oh, now. Oh, yeah. He'd have a lot of questions. <laughs> clearly, you would be, Peter, you'd be, like, in charge. Like, we're clearly <laughs> some sort of inner inner uh, city group home kind of situation. But, you know, we'd make it work. We'd make it work. we have daytime it's just a mo- from it's just 174th a, and Tremont in the it, building, y'all. It's the podcast version of the Mighty Ducks. What can I say? The streets no. want
2: this. By the way, there's a fifth person on this podcast, and she's not saying anything. She's, sure, she's I, a listen, public relations Listen, Shout
3: out to the non-video participants. Yeah. They're like, God,
2: they're just in the background,
3: Judging us. Y'all, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Big I, I like that Allison's if watching
2: in case in case something happens. Because I don't know what
3: yeah, she would do at that point. Yeah. Jump through the screen like poltergeist. What if Allison was one of us? Yeah. Just a slob like one of us. She's like, don't make me turn my camera off and
2: curse all y'all out. So we're, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes into this. I haven't explained who you are. i want to try <laughs> to do my 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 uh, thumbnail sketch of, of your your career. You guys start all off right. blogging, then you move to Twitter. Then you Mm -hmm. do podcasts, and the podcast becomes Mm -hmm. a web show. Then you go to MTV, which does not give you a show. MTV2. MTV2, sorry. Then you go to Viceland, which does give you a show. You kind of are breaking there, and now you're at Showtime. Do I have the the chronology correct? Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. At what point did you guys realize the thing that we're doing on the internet that we're screwing around doing could actually be our full-time job and
3: actually a really well-paying full-time job? Probably last week, like, just really sitting there and thinking about it. I was like, wow, like, this this, this could this, be something. This is like, chill. Maybe, this is cool. Maybe, this I'll, is, maybe I'll apply myself, you know. Maybe, maybe. This is, I, was like, I was like, I could either do this or sell essential oils. And, well, this is the one. He's there. I'm not there president. yet.
4: I still got my essential oils. I still got my table outside. You know what I'm saying? Plan B. Immigrant child. always got to have a plan B. You know what I'm saying? But, you yeah, no. like, I feel like there was an inkling when I was, like, doing the blogging thing, because, like, I would get, like, weird comments from people, from, like, executives. Because I didn't have an email out or anything. So it would be like, hey, I'm Seth.Cohen at ComedyCentral.com. Do, have you ever written for TV before? And I'm like, no, but I will. And then with the podcast, it was like, oh, that that's, like, solidified it. Because when we pivoted from just audio to video... They they dropped the press release and they didn't even tell us. They were like, "By the way, like Jesus versus Merrill from Complex da, 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 is going st- to video." Da, 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 da. and we were like, "Oh, cool, thanks for telling us trades." You know what I mean? And th- that 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 was like a a moment that was just like, "Okay, people really fuck with this because they just pivoted out of nowhere." We were not even involved in the conversation.
3: Yeah, my crazy moment was I woke up. I think it was a... Like- I forgot what the year it was, but I woke up and I had a DM from Recipes, uh, Anthony Bourdain, and he wanted to be on to be on his show. And the whole time, we're just doing a podcast and other shit. And I'm like, this shit is not resonating any. This is just like cool. Because like, at the time, I don't listen to podcasts. I'm like, I don't even know what the hell a podcast is. And then he was just explaining it. He was like, fam, this is going to be a lot for you. Like, this is going to take you far. Like, he saw the vision and he was explaining it. And I was just like, yeah, you wilding. I'm just doing this to get free seafood from you right now. But he saw the path. And he was just like, fam, like, this is going to take you far and be serious with it. And shout out to him because he definitely, like, he was like, yo, fam, you can, you can make your living off of this. Like, you're in a position other people will never even get a chance to even sniff. So if you get it, you got to grab it and make the most of it and do not take it for granted. And, like, we, we ended up shooting for, like, five hours and we just chopped it up about Hollywood. And off of that, it was just like, yo, this is the one chance you get, so do not fuck this shit up. There's a couple differences between you guys and other late-night hosts, and we can get to
2: that in a minute. But, I mean, a a non-obvious one maybe is that all of them sort of have been professional entertainers, and that was sort of their career path. And however they got to where they got, they were been entertainers and trying to be on TV and stage, et cetera, for a long time. If you guys weren't doing this, what would you be doing today? Teaching. Mm. That was,
4: like, the trajectory I was on. It's a boring answer, but, like, that's the trajectory I was on. I was on a – I was in an accelerated master's program trying to get into – uh, go from being a, like a teacher's assistant, a paraprofessional, to working, uh, with special needs kids full-time as, like, you know, their main teacher or whatever.
2: And you were doing that even as the blogging was blowing up. Yeah. The New York Times article yeah. from 2013. Yeah, You're yeah. working, you're working in the Bronx in the public yeah. schools.
4: It was wild, too, because the, when that article came out, like, shout out to John Carmonica, when that article came out, like, my assistant principal the next day was just like, the kid Marrow, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, so you're in the Times, hey? I was like, "What the?" F- I was like, "I was like, Mister Scully, uh, what the? Uh, yeah, uh, that's my twin brother." I had to make up all these lies about like how my tweets are being sent by like my management, like during while I'm on the clock and shit. Like, am I, how am long I, between that Times
2: article did you keep your uh, school job?
4: Almost over a whole calendar year. Like I, yeah. like I said, like I'm a child of uh, immigrants, so like I did not quit that job until the ink was dry at MTV. So like I literally had to send a selfie to my principal. Cause I called her and I was like, "Listen, I can't. I'm not gonna be back in September. I'm sorry. Um, I got a job at MTV." And she was like, "Get the fuck out of here!" Like verbatim. And I was just like, "Yo, I was like, no, I'm serious." And then I, I sent I sent I sent her a selfie of the view from the office, and she was like,
3: "Fuck you," but good luck. <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I was "Thank doing, you, thank you, Miss Jones."
3: <laughs> I was doing uh, small business reporting, and. Bro, that shit was, I had to wear a suit every day. It was so wild. What is and small business started, reporting? Well, it was uh, just re- reporting articles about small businesses. You were writing about small country. business. Okay, yeah. I had to do four 300-word articles a day, and they all had to be articles about black entrepreneurs, which, uh, we'll let you know, that's very, that's not that easy to do there's not for popping black entrepreneurs every day in America. Like, at, at some point, I was just lying and just, like, omitting the race of, like, entrepreneurs. I was like, yeah, Sarah Rotstein, And it was like, is she black? I was like, why are we getting into labels? <laughs> like, you know, just like, Richard go. Branson seems like he's enough right. to cover. <laughs> but then I was like, it was, go- the job I had been there for, like, two years it was going nowhere. I was smarter than everyone in the office, and it just seemed like bullshit. But in the process of interviewing somebody, this guy was explaining to me how if you do insurance for freight, insurance like those tanker ships that go back and forth you make a lot of money but also you can live on the ship for months and i had nothing going on in my life i was like i had no girlfriend i was living in like I was about to get evicted from my apartment like shit was go- shit was so bad and I really seriously was looking into becoming an insurance person for freight ships and I would have been living on a tanker going back and forth between America and China there'd be no podcast there'd be none of this shit so shout out to Donnie Quaw from Complex for hitting me up before I sent the application cuz life could be a lot different I could be in like Wuhan right now like mad as fuck like ah damn I got quarantine for 70 more days some bullshit but yeah That's life right now.
2: This has been an idea I've been interested in for a long time is sort of people who can sort of use the internet to make a living, to become famous. And then what happens at a certain point? Are they gonna remain on the internet or do they go to TV? And you guys are doing the TV route. Do you feel like now you're on, you've been on pay TV now, right? Viceland was, you had to have a cable subscription and Showtime, Mm -hmm. you obviously had to have a Showtime subscription as well. Do you feel like your audience changes now that you've moved up sort of beyond sort of the free internet, does that Can you feel
4: the difference in in sort of who you're reaching? You know what? They've come along, I feel like. Yeah, like the difference is like the the internet gives you like diversity and like breadth of like, you know, groups of people. But like linear cable just gives you numbers and eyes. Like, you know what I mean? Like people all the time are like, oh, you know, cables that, cables that, cables that. Okay. When the ad dollars from the internet catch up to the ad dollars from TV and the Super Bowl and shit like that, talk to me. You know what I mean? But, like, TV just gives you, like, another medium, like, another cannon to shoot your content from. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make sense to just stay in one place, you know?
3: You got to level up. Talking to our fans, um, and a shout-out to, uh, you know, we had other people at other networks who were just like, oh, they're not going to be able to survive on Showtime. It's a premium network their fans would never pay for that, which, you know, you can, you can dissect that <laughs> comment, Very dog whistle. <laughs> but what we've learned is people, when they come out to us, they're like, yo, I've been a fan since the YouTube days. I've been a fan since Complex. The, our fans are, we call them Bodega Hot, but they are religious. They do not care in what format. Like, God forbid we went to Quibi. They would sign up for Quibi to watch us. Like, they're like, whatever, whatever channel you guys are on, we're coming with you. So we always have that. that solid element of people who will follow us and, you know, we say die for the hive. These people would definitely die for the fandom because they appreciate being fans so much. But with Showtime, what's happening is, you know, we got to Showtime. And when you think of Showtime, you you think of Showtime is like, oh, I got HBO and Showtime. It's never, I got Showtime. But we got to Showtime and then the people at Showtime came to us and it was like, yo, fam, you've made the demographics of this network younger. You've made it browner. Like our fans that were watching older stuff, we have older people watching our show. You know what I mean? Like, they're not yeah. turning it off. Like, oh, I don't understand. These guys talk too fast. They use too much slang. I-, I can't get the references. Like, people on Showtime love our show, and it's just like, they're just trickling in. So it's it's kind of a thing where it's, it's you know, to use a, a wild, dated metaphor, and I apologize to other millennials, it's like Field of Dreams. If you build it, they will come. That's kind of what, you know, the Bodega Boys is. We We have built this podcast, and now we have it in the middle of a cornfield, and now everyone's coming out there, and they're like, why are you in Iowa? You don't get people like our producer, Zach, who we were talking yesterday.
2: He oh, I want to watch the show, but I don't want to watch the clips on YouTube, and I don't have Showtime. I assume – I mean, you must get that a lot, right? Someone's like, I don't have Showtime. I like, I can't watch the show.
4: Yeah. yeah, a lot of people say that. But to Showtime's credit, they run these re- outrageous deals all the time. And there's, like, yeah. like if you're a student, there's, like, this $4.99 bundle where you get, like, yeah. Showtime, Spotify, and, and, like, Hulu or something else for $5 a month. And I was just like, holy yeah. shit. I was like, I wish I was in college again. I might go back.
3: If you have a TV, just go on your Hulu, go on Netflix, and just search for Jesus and Mero. Because a lot of you don't realize you have free access to these and Meryl. Yeah. I learned that <laughs> the other <laughs> Seriously. night. I learned that the other <laughs> night. I was, like, trying to watch yeah. it on Showtime. It was like, the show's not available. And Hulu's like, hey, what's up, bro? I got it right here. I got it right <laughs> here, bro. I got it, bro. <laughs> bro, bro you've you been, payin', you been paying for me every month. I'll hook you nah, up, bro. Come on, it's, it's no bro. biggie. Come on. You're, you're the homie. So you never go, go on Spotify, go yeah. on Hulu. Go on Amazon go on, Prime. Go on Amazon Prime. Go Go on cheddar if you have that. Yeah. You know it never has anything Sling, interesting. Whatever. you go on that, it's just showing you like Nigerian entertainment news. You guys right are, after you guys that, are preaching to there. the
2: choir because not only is everyone who listens to this podcast a big Jesus Maro fan, this what we spend all our time talking about every week is cable TV and linear TV. So the, the, we got yeah. that part taken care of. So you guys are are doing the show from your homes in quarantine like every other talk show host. Um, I've been watching a lot more of the, the late night shows than I did, I think, pre-quarantine. Yeah. I think a mm-hmm. lot of the clips really work really well. And I will say, and this is not just to gas you up, but I think your quarantine version of the show is the best sort of adaptation of your regular show because you guys were kind of built for it, right? Everyone else yeah. started with an audience and they're yeah. performing and you guys, your your core thing is you two talking.
4: Yeah. So yeah, and it's, and, it's funny. And,
2: and it works. It, it ports exactly. Yeah, to, no, it right, works.
4: It works. Yeah, it translates perfectly. And there's like, there was like all oh, hiccup in the beginning, right? Because it's like, you're, you're getting used to like technology stuff. But once that is like laid in place and solid, bro, we were off to the races. You know what I'm saying? Like, I actually kind of felt bad for the other guys because it's like, you, like you said, like they're, they're kind of like built into this format where it's like you have to rely on your audience's response. And we never did, ever. Like from our previous iteration, there was no audience. You know, we came here, we decided to have an audience just to kind of like, it was It was less for like us to like, oh, let's get a reaction and more so for like, hey, people might want to sit in on this live. Like, you know, like these was talking about Bodega Hive and that dedicated fan base. And like, why not offer them that opportunity?
3: I mean, I feel a little guilty because like everyone's like, oh, you guys got better there in the quarantine. Like, you know, the show is better. And I mean, I'd be remiss to say, like, we have a lot of ghostwriters. We've been working with Quentin Miller... Uh, we have CGI yeah. uh, in the background. Like the show, it's it's not us. It's really like uh, yeah. if you look, it's it's. I think D. Ray Davis is doing Miro's voice, and I got Kevin yeah. Hart doing my voice. It's uh, yeah. a lot of filler. It takes about four <laughs> months to do an episode, honestly. Yeah, so it's, a lot. it's you guys, a lot. You guys don't see the heavy lifting in the background. Yeah, that's why it's so good.
4: It's actually like it's like Eminem making a Tupac album. Like he just slices like you know words and puts them together and then makes a show. It's wild, actually. Tupac is actually the producer from Cuba. He's remotely producing from Cuba.
2: I have other questions for you. I want to take a quick break so we can hear from sponsors. We'll be right back.
0: Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea?
2: One day, maybe we'll be able to go back to theaters and, and do live shows. Do you imagine you'll go back and go back to the old format now that you've sort of proven that you can do it either way?
3: Yeah. 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 You know what? You want at this point, on a live audience. At this point, like, it's, it's— Well, it's always kind of been this way, but it's either or for us. Like, live audience, no audience, yeah. performing at the Apollo, performing at the White House, performing on the Moon— we're going to perform regardless. Uh. And we 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 read the room, we take the temperature of the room and we just motivate off of that. But in all honesty, like I miss live shows so much. The virtual book tour is great, but there's no feeling like when you get on the stage, you come out and the house lights go up and you see everyone in the seats and they're excited to see you and you're flowing off their energy. And like when we shout out to the Wilbur Theater in Boston, we were out. We well, Last time we performed out there, they literally on the side of the stage with a shotgun. Like, you need to get off the stage. People have families and they want to go home. And we were like, yo, who's ready for a second hour, bro? And they was like, no, leave. <laughs> this is a union set. Get the fuck off the stage. Bro, we've been going for 13 hours. Y'all want 14 hours more? Come on, just say yeah, bro. Yeah. Take Bodega Boys. And they and was this like, is no. In, like Boston, dog. Like, we, yeah, on, like, in Boston.
4: It, we had A-Rod
3: intro us. And we still got love. If you're two brown comedians in Boston, you get off the stage when they tell you to get off the stage. That's that's a piece of Hollywood <laughs> advice for you. Okay? Bobby Brown told me that.
2: Yeah. You guys had Fauci on recently. Yeah.
3: Uh, I saw a, Shot a a piece Fauci where you, uh-uh. where,
2: where you talked to a woman in Long Island who'd been harassed, and then a, a bunch of uh, uh, folks came to her aid. Nope, uh, she was nope. being harassed because of her race. Is, is the kind of stuff you're doing beyond the sort of the straight up riffing? Is that is the is the is there a more political bent? Or are you changing any of the content because of the times we're in?
4: Yeah, it's just to like because a lot of people say like it, it's very common. If people come up to us and like yo, I, we get our news from you. Because, like, we were tired of, like, the same outlets giving us the same spiels, like, you know, and they're all spin, spin, spin. And y'all just, like, you know, just call it how you see it. Like, you know, you have your views, but, like, we know that you have your views, and you just call it how you see it. So, like, we get your news from—we get our news from you. And that was just like, whoa, you know? <laughs> like, oh, shit, you know what I mean? So then I don't—I wouldn't say it was, like, a super conscious decision, but we kind of started to lean a little bit more into that because it's, like, it makes sense. You know, there's these stories like Jennifer's story was not really getting like national attention like that. I had had not heard of it. Yeah, so like you know, and that's and that's a serious thing. You know what I mean? Like so, the opportunity to put something on that like on a national stage is like using your megaphone for good. You know?
3: Yeah, it's like after the protests is definitely like just seeing everyone. Everyone was saying basically, there's no voice. No one has a voice. There's no one listening to us. There's no way we get our message out. And like you, like even I felt. Uh, powerless during the protests. And you realize having a show, and having a platform that we have, like, people are watching us. Like, what we say matters more than the average person. So how can we use that in a way that's going to affect change? And even with the Jennifer situation, if you see yesterday, the guy that was harassing her, neighbor that, got har- that was harassing her was actually arrested. And she hit me up and she was like, this would not have happened without your guys' help on the show. So even, like, that, you know, like, that means a lot more than having a bunch of sneakers and just all the trappings that come with the show. So being able to affect change using your platform, that's an amazing feeling. And just even having space on our show to do that because no other show could do that. If Jimmy Fallon just out of nowhere had her on, it'd be like, what the hell is going on? What is this? Why are you doing this? But it's a a natural fit for us because the tagline for our show is like late night for the people. So to be able to use the show to entertain the people, but also using it as a bomb to get people through these tumultuous times, it's like it balances the good and the bad and it gives people you know a real reason to watch the show it's not just two guys making dick jokes and sucio jokes and talking about you wanting to eat sarah jay's butt it's like yo we're really trying to do things out here we're trying to help the community and like help the next generation and that's what people like people get the people get the authenticness of us and it's also we're real we're real people who care about the world and care about our fans and just want to leave the world a better place than we came into it and do you have folks come up to you and saying well no no i want more dick jokes uh, Sometimes s- stop, stop doing the
2: like,
4: social you know, stuff. I, but, I you know you get balance. But, it but out. then you got to just put the you, you got to put your finger in the chest and be like, shh, listen. You need a balanced meal. You know what I'm saying? You can't have ice cream for dinner every night. Like maybe on a Tuesday when you're with your stepdad, but not every night. You know what I'm saying?
3: Also, other emails that are just like we need more dick jokes weirdly come from showtime.com. I have no idea what's going on with that. I don't know. But yeah. you know what? Wow. I filter them. I'm like, you guys, listen, you guys got the shy. Relax. Relax.
4: Keep it. <laughs> yeah, you can do all the dick jokes you want on on uh billions. Yeah, that's good. Have you thought through uh Aren't Imagine of... Paul Giamatti doing a dick joke straight to camera.
2: Yes. I can imagine <laughs> it. It'd be great. That's called ratings. That's called watching. ratings, baby. Ratings, <laughs> <that's> called baby. <laughs> ratings. All right. <laughs> Have you guys thought about sort of what your post-corona life is going to be like? Like, what's the thing you're going to do first, and what's the last thing you're going to do before the virus is gone?
4: Bro, I am going to gather every single fucking family member I have, and we're going to go smoke weed and play baseball outside. I decided that, like, last night. I was like, yo, I haven't done anything, like, outside in, like, a a while. Well, that Mm -hmm. you can do now. Outside well, yeah, well, yeah. Well, yeah. But still, it's like still like because mm, yeah. like they're opening stuff. Like I'm in Jersey. Like I'm in Jersey, shots of Jersey, and like they're opening a lot of like you know hiking trails and like public tennis courts and like basketball courts and stuff like that. But it's still like like I'll drive past and if I see more than five people there, I'm like no, nah, I'm good. And I'll just like double back and go home and like you know just throw the ball against the wall. But you know that's my yeah. main thing is like going outside and being like out in the sun and like amongst the people. Because that's, like, I feel like that's the main thing that people are missing during this whole thing is, like, each other. You know what I mean? As goofy as that sounds, it's, like, human contact. Like, you know, we're so used to being around each other and, like, being elbow to elbow and, like, whatever— so I went out to dinner away.
2: last week, and was outside. It was nice, but I had to do all my ordering through an app on my phone, and so yeah, there was a waiter. What? But I didn't get to talk to the waiter; he just brought the food out, and I yeah. never realized Did you I have to scan liked, one of those. Little, yeah, QR little, code, yeah. and yeah. I mm-hmm. never imagined. First of all, it's the only time I've ever used a QR code. QR but, code. I did, real, I did not realize I did not realize I like talking to the waiter. Turns yeah, out I like yeah. talking to the no, waiter. It's
4: like these stupid little small like human interactions that you take for granted that you're like, wow, I do I'm not doing that anymore on a daily basis. And you and, and mm-hmm. after four or five months, you start to notice it. Like, oh shit. I you haven't guys, said
2: see you I have You guys are big Yankees fans, you're big Knicks fans. What's what's it gonna take to get you into into Madison Square Garden? In Madison Square Garden? If the, if if the
4: Knicks were one playoff game, I'm going in there with no mask. If, <laughs>
3: I don't care. It's been that long. I am ris- I will risk my life. I don't care. Uh, you know what? <laughs> Please. The one thing about Corona is actually it's, it's taught me that life is short and I can't waste my time with places that don't value my money or like me being a fan. And the Knicks really fucked it up with me when they uh, when they botched the George Floyd statement on social media. Like I never, I, I've always been like, yo, Knicks fan till I die. I don't give a fuck. Ah, ah, ah. That was the moment I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, why am I still rocking with this team? Why am I still giving them money? Why am I still repping them on a TV show? Like, why am I, when people think of the Knicks, they think of me and Meryl. and like, what the fuck do we get out of that? Like, Corona has really made me stop. And then also like, yesterday the Brooklyn Nets were in a playoff game. Where the fuck are the Knicks? We're the Knicks, and it's not because of coronavirus. The Knicks were never going to the playoffs. So are you done so with now, them as
2: long as Jim Dillon? I'm not James done Dylan with Orgel? them,
3: but I'm at that point in a relationship where every now and then you're looking at the person you're with and you roll your eyes because they're not looking at you, and you're like, you know what? You're like, all right, keep keep sipping the cup like that. Keep slurping your words. Keep lisping at the end of your... You know what? I'm t- You're just going to leave garbage on the table, <laughs> like little shit that they got away with a year ago. <laughs> now you're done. You are at your breaking point. You're just, you're just like, one more thing, one more thing. So Knicks, you want to notice Until you do right by me, I, I guess yes. I'm not. <laughs> and then James <laughs> Dolan's like, "Where are you gonna go? You got, you're gonna go all the way to Barclays? I wish. I wish. And he's right. He's right. I'm not. So, we'll see." That's the thing. That's the terrible. That's the horrible thing. Is I feel like he knows that. But I just bought a PlayStation Four, so I could just play. I could just play Nick games at my house. Okay, and that's, that's easier. You know, what I'm saying that's, I don't need to oh, go to no. Masquerade Garden. So yeah, next year on notice. All right. That's, so maybe you become a Denver Nuggets fan.
4: That's been my that's been my coping strategy since ninety nine, is playing the Knicks with a creative player that's all ninety nines and is a shooting guard named Meryl Martinez who scores ninety points a game, average. You know what I mean? Also gambling. Gambling is good if you're a Knicks fan, because if the spreads are always so outrageous, like the Knicks are like predicted to lose by 38 and a half points. So you're like, oh, maybe they'll lose by twenty eight instead of thirty eight. I'll take that. You know, that's literally like, you know, how a welcome Which mat like, has a message Which you can do legally it? in yeah. New Jersey. And shot to jersey for legal gambling. My welcome mat says, that's what my, my welcome mat says on my door. If the, Knicks, if the Knicks cover they won. I think the last thing I'm going to do is go see a movie. Because I, I love seeing movies. Oh, yeah. But you I, you're to go
2: see it. you going to go see, it. gonna gonna go gonna go see, see Tenet? It? I would love to see Tenant on a big screen, but it is literally the last thing I'm going to do. You're going to have to tell me that it is eradicated from the globe before I risk my life. You mean mean, before
3: coronavirus? You don't want to? Can we just just say that? You don't want to pay 15 (laughs) cents to AMC to get the Herman Cain special, huh? You don't want that? Uh, Just get some popcorn and a side of Corona. Yeah. I think the the worst part is the 15 cents, because then it feels like. If you die, like, you got, like, a brother and sister, and, like, your, the kids grow up, and they're like, what happened to Uncle D? Just they're like, yo, his cheap ass went to the movies because it was 15 cents, and he died. Yeah. Now, now you're the cheap uncle that died because you wanted to go see, yeah. uh, Ernest Goes to Camp for 15 ah. cents. Is that how you want to die? Die. Come on, have some respect for your longevity. Respect your bloodline. It's the 666 plan. <laughs> Bro. Bro, he went, he paid 15 cents to see Inception again. Like, come on, bro. He doesn't even know how it ends, bro. (laughs) He died died. before the top stopped spinning. Wow.
4: Damn, fam. You died to he, see Deadpool 1. You guys, this whole
2: podcast has been a setup because it's all been a long con to get Jelani in front of you so he can ask you a question. You, uh, he's wearing a special yeah. shirt. He's got a mic Let's that go. I've never seen before. Jelani. He
5: got the he got Jelani. To push T mic from questions. Drake? Very <laughs> much. I'm, I'm worried because I
3: see his his jersey's kind of cutting off and I see the W and I was like, is that a QAnon jersey? Like, no, no, what's he about a, to ask a, us? A,
5: it's a Supreme jersey. I, hey, I felt like yeah, I yeah, flexed it. for flex a little bit. Flex drop. Are
3: you are you gonna cop the lipstick they're dropping on the next drop? I don't know. Maybe for.
5: One of my homegirls, I don't know. Listen, (laughs) Supreme,
3: when they drop stuff, you're just like, I would never buy that in a million years. Then the day of the drop, if that's all that's available on the website, you're like, you know what? I do need a fishbowl. Let's go. Let's. I mean, I saw
5: a Supreme Sure mic on Instagram recently. I was like, maybe I have like three mics. Maybe I need an extra one,
4: okay? (laughs) I'm losing so much money by not just having a white background and getting that stupid uh, lipstick and just having uh, my wife apply it like in slow motion, like
5: against a stark white background with like some weird music playing on the back. I feel like I should do that. All right. I actually have like a few questions. Um, My first question is, one of the main things that I noticed about the uh, switch to Showtime is that you guys have a writing team and like a really good social team. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering, was that like kind of difficult for you guys to like let your foot off the gas a little bit and let new talent like present jokes and segments to you? Or was it like easy? We were like perfect. Like, you know, I don't want to have to improv for 30, 40 minutes straight.
4: Bruh. That selection process was like... Every major sports league scouting combined. Like, I feel like we went through, like, 300 or more submissions. And, like, at the end of the day, we just settled on, like, oh, this is these are people we know that we know are talented. And yeah. they get us and they understand us. And we already fuck with them anyway. So let's just bring them on board. And same thing with the social team. We just literally brought the social team over that we had before. And, like, to just kind of hit the ground running. You know what I mean? Because they they understand us. We understand them. And it's not so much like, hey, I'm writing this entire thing word for word for you. Because we don't work like that. We work very like kind of like curb, curb-ish, where it's just like, here's the scenario. You're at point A. You got to get to point B. Go, you know, and then we just kind of we fill in the the, the gaps.
3: Yeah, I think the best description of it would be like, uh, it's kind of like, we're like water. Like, regardless of what you do, water is just going to flow. It's just, You see floods and stuff. No, you would be like, yo, water, you're going here. Water's like, no, I'll do whatever I want. So basically, the writers are kind of the people who dig the irrigation ditch. Like, they keep the flow going for the show. Because even when we're recording, like, me and Meryl we'll would just go off on a rant for like 10 minutes. And it's just like, yo, this is hilarious. Everyone on the Zoom call is laughing, but... This is not usable for TV. Cameras only have so much, but so much space. People have things to do. So the writers, and shout out to Julia and the producers, their job is just to like keep us going, you know, like keep us going towards the finish line. And then also all the people that we work with, it's not so much like, yo, here's a joke we want you to do. And we're like, no, we push back. They're our homies. So when we have the meetings, it's like, yo, did you see this? And, like, we're cracking jokes with them. They're cracking jokes with us. And then those jokes makes it into the show. So it's more like even the selection meetings aren't so much like, yo, we got to talk about this. It's more like, yo, did you see this on Twitter? That's wild. Yeah. Yo, did you guys see this? And then you send a clip around. And that's how the show like makes itself. So there was never really any pushback. And like, making the show with the writers, it gives us, like, a perspective we might not have seen because now things are, you know, like, to use a weird phrase, things that are popping on like white Twitter come onto our timeline that would never, like the strawberry dress. Like there's no way that was going to make it to my timeline, but that's what we're discussing and like uh, our ability to have those outside eyes and voices helps make the show uh, more well-rounded and also gives us a chance to give our Bronx viewpoint on things that normally would not come in our perspective at all. And also just
4: like the simple fact of like having different viewpoints because at the end of the day you got two dudes from the Bronx you know what I mean? Like you, you, we obviously we're two individuals, so we have like different viewpoints on certain things. But we are in lockstep on a lot of stuff. So to have like you know women, uh, you know, like everybody in the in the in the writers' room to be like, yo, that's funny to y'all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but uh, yeah. you might want to reread that. You know what I'm saying? Like just like just those. Different voices to kind of inform what you're doing so you don't do some dumb shit. You know what I mean? Like play a jazz basketball player in blackface.
5: (laughs) Yeah. No shots. You guys uh, briefly mentioned this earlier, but you know, you guys have like co-signs from like Seth Meyers, Jimmy Fallon, David Letterman, AOC, like a bunch of really important people. Have you found that like over the years it's been easier for newcomers to understand like why the brand is Brolic to, to use your guys' terms or or do you still feel like there's like a little bit of like a hump to get over? You guys are still like underestimated.
3: Oh, well, definitely the underestimation because yeah. a lot of times people are just, it's kind of… When you meet people who have never heard of us, and you know, not to be gassed or anything, people are just like, "Yo, who are you?" And then I'll be like, "Oh, Jesus, we have like a podcast, we have a show." And then people are just like, oh, "Okay, I'll check it out." And they think when we say that, they think we're talking about, "Yo, we have like a little Bronx podcast that has like 200 listens, and we come out like once every three months." And then like, because it happens, like people are like, "Oh, what do you do?" I'm like, "We have a show." Then they go look at the show, and like, if you look at the guests on the show, Dr. Fauci, David Letterman, yeah. we know AOC, like, it's mind blowing. It's like. And then also, there's a fear of missing out because these people are just like, where have I been for the last four years? Like, I've never heard about this. And it's like kind of an embarrassment. It's like being at a dinner party and someone comes up to you and they're like, you ever seen The Wire? And they're just like, you're like, what? And what you're is like that? <laughs> and Their face is like, you've never heard of The Wire? And then they say it so loud, other people come around you like, he's never heard of The Wire? <laughs> he's never what? serious? And that literally happens. Like, people are just like, yeah, there's Jesus And, and you have like the one person like, who? Deisus and Maro? And then people are just like, You don't know about the brand is strong and you have other people like, ah, 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 boys, like you're, like you just have like people know about it and they're religious about it. So Mm -hmm. the thing is, if you don't know about it, what usually happens is people are just like, yo, I never heard about you guys Then I Googled. And then the next line is usually. like, and I, spent four hour, I spent the next four days without sleep or drinking, just listening yeah. to every podcast episode getting caught up. So <laughs> yeah. that's a good feeling. Because people were like, what is this? And they're like, how do I be a part of that? And that's an amazing feeling. Like, that's what gave us the ability to go from network to network to network. Yeah. Because our fan base, they're just like, yo, whatever format these guys are doing it, we are banging with them. So that, that like, stickiness, people want to be a part of something, yeah. that makes yeah. people want to like, dig out and really f- like, fuck with the brand Hovey.
4: And the trajectory is just like people see the trajectory it's like upwards steadily you know what i mean like i had, there hasn't been like a lull yet you know what i mean like even even when we you know love uh, previous network uh, and there was like that that gap of time where people were like we want do something we want something so we we started doing video podcasts and all this stuff so we just kept you know pumping out what we do and like you know keeping like the like the bodega vive, satiated knowing that we were gonna land somewhere that was gonna like be, you know, amenable to us and then the, from there we could like expand app back out, you know, and just and just kinda like rebuild what we had already started building. You know, it's, it's, it feels it feels really good though. I'm not even gonna lie. You know what I mean? Like it feels good to know that you're like a highly coveted free agent. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <for sure. laughs>
5: My last question is less serious, but it's important to me. How is it being cool with Anna Kendrick?
4: <laughs> Yo, it's hilarious it's, because uh, like you could like I'll text her and be like, "Hey, I'm like I just ate half an edible and I'm watching trolls with my kids and I forgot that you were in this." <laughs> LOL, 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 <laughs> and then suddenly like a screen grab and it's like my feet are in it. She's just like, ah, uh, she's like, yeah, I'm in all of them. Like, did you not know that?
3: <laughs> Yo, be your friends with Anna Kendrick as well because Anna Kendrick is everywhere. Like, Literally. you cannot, <laughs> like, you don't even really, like, I'm, I always say to her, I'm like, how, how often are you working? Like, you, you look, you'll you be walking the streets of New York, you'll see her, like, on a bus shelter, like, for some movie on some channel you'd ever heard of. She's in, like, some movie for a new network or streaming service coming out. And so I'll text her, and I'll be like, oh, I was like, oh, you getting them Disney Plus checks. And she's like, yeah, yeah, keep it on a little. like, little things like that. And then it's, there's also the weird thing where her fans who have never, they've never heard of us, they have no idea who we are. They know of us because... She has such rabid fans. There's pages, and all they are are like Twitter pages that repost photos of Anna Kendrick or repost anything she does on Instagram. So they'd be like, like they don't like they're in Japan and stuff, and they're like Anna Kendrick and her friends, Jesus Romero. And then it's just like a million kids are retweeting these photos and they have no idea who we are. We've never seen them. And they're, we're getting <laughs> tagged in them on Twitter. And yeah. people are just like, I guess those are her... F-. It's so weird because they're not like, Anna and Jesus and Meryl. they just like, Anna, Jesus, and Meryl. Like, we're just like homeboys. Like, we're in the babysitter club together. That's so it's wild. really cool. And it's also one of those things of all the people in the world you'd ever think you'd be cool with. Like Anna Kendrick. That's just like, you could have named a million other people. Yeah. I never thought that. But and that also the fact sense. that it's very New Anna England. Kendrick is mad cool. She is so cool. She's so down to earth. That time we shot in the Bronx, she just showed up in the Bronx, no security, just walking down the Ave. And I remember when she was in the bodega and this lady was like, yo, you that bitch from the Cups movie. And it's like, (laughs) that's not what she is, but that's a very Bronx description. And shout out to her, she was just like, yeah, I'm that bitch. So,
5: Be Your Friends with Anna Kendrick is wild lit, yo. Nice, nice. Uh, that's, That's all I got. That's all I got. Thank you. So Jelani, we got to (laughs) Anna Kendrick on this show. Um, I I have one
2: last question for you guys. Um, Anna, come on the show. Anna, come on the show. Do you think this show is something you want to do until you're done being in entertainment? Or at some point, do you say, we're too old to do this show, or we're bored doing this show, and what we really want to do is produce or direct or whatever? Or is that you want to do all those things and make the show?
4: Oh, man. Like, personally, I've always wanted to, like, produce and direct and, like, bring up. Because at a certain time, like, at a certain age, Like, you know, like you're the old guy in the club, like to to quote the Chris Rock joke, like you're the old guy in the club. And like you want to bring up like my thing has been like, okay, there's going to come a time where we're like washed and we can't say shit like, yo, that's cap, you know what I mean? Or whatever. And like, you know, it's going to be the next generation. So like my like my thing personally is like bringing up those voices like the same way that we got a shot. Like giving a shot to people like us, you know what I mean? Like who who might not even have like any type of entry point into entertainment at all, you know?
3: Listen, David Letterman gets two million an episode from Netflix, and he has to do what twelve episodes a season? Yeah. Listen, so I mean, that's I, a I will, Listen, I will ride this to the breaks are over. I don't care if long as those, as long as the money's coming, I just will. I will turn this into the most watered down and wackest show ever. Okay, as long as those checks I will be I will turn this shit into the 700 club. I will be every week I will be explaining how people not following the Bible has led to coronavirus striking their cities. As long as the checks keep coming. 5G no integrity. 5G no integrity. It's I, have no G, integrity. Yo. I have no backbone. I just want to be on TV and get these checks. So no. No, like we want to produce, you want to like and, and like Miro was says, you know, you get to a point it's just like you know, I don't want to be on TV, like, almost, like, 60 years old, talking about, hey, hey, look, hey, suck my dick from the back. At some point, it's like, Grandpa, get off. Get yeah. off the TV. So, you know, we definitely want to move it to the next level. And also, now we're in a position where we can do crazy things now. Like, the next level for us is, like, no one's been in our situation in the next level. So what we could produce in the next level is going to be mind-blowing. Like, we can do, you know, I, I mean, this is just a, an example. Maybe we do Avengers live from the Bronx, you know? No one's ever made that before. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yo, yo, Thanos, suck my dick from the back. Yo, Yo, snap this dick. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, Doctor Strange, hit him with a chopped cheese. Yo. yo. Oh, shit. Oh, Captain Marvel, stomp him out of some Tim's. Yo yo.
4: yo. yo. Yo, Captain America's really Captain Puerto Rico, but y'all not ready for that conversation.
3: Okay, you and, and the saying? Avengers are all getting beat up, and, like, uh, uh, Iron Man is all bloody, and Spider-Man is on the floor with a head contusion. And we're like, who can save him? And then me and Miro's like, only yo. one person. Only one person. And I'm like, Derek Jeta. Derek yeah. Jeter. Derek Jeter, and then Derek Jeter comes out in number two. Yeah, He, he's some he just and holds his like, hand up, and a bat appears. Like flies into it, like Thor's hammer, and he just yeah, goes to work. Yeah, and then, then everyone, work. everyone under 20 is like, "Wow, my dad told me about this guy. Wow, yeah. wow." So you he's know, amazing. it's amazing. We're working on things. We're working yeah. on things.
2: Jesus, Mero Mero Jesus. We're leaving it there because we can't end on a better note. Thank you for your time. <laughs> Appreciate it. Jelani, thank you for, you for stepping up. Thanks, guys. Be well. Take care.
3: Thank you. Take care. Be safe. Wash your hands. Yo, this is tomorrow, 11 o'clock, Sunday I'm Thursday, y'all. Pete, you're going to be rich. Thank you.
4: <laughs> Peace.
2: Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. Support for this show comes from Wix Studio. Designers and devs, you might be able to do your thing better on Wix Studio, a web platform with everything you need to deliver bespoke sites hyper-efficiently. Design teams get a ton of smart features that can take the grind out of web creation without it costing per-pixel control. Dev teams, you get a zero-setup, developer-first environment, combined with an AI code assistant and your preferred IDE for rapid deployment. Search Wix Studio today to explore the full range of features.